Welcome to the Redemption Church Podcast. We exist to become witnesses to God's new creation so that every man, woman, and child has a daily encounter with Jesus. We believe that as a family of servant missionaries, we are empowered to participate in God's story because of the good news that King Jesus is making all things new. In today's teaching, Pastor Nate and Pastor Scott give the final teaching in our annual Covenant Renewal series. We are a church that does have a covenant. Uh, A covenant in the life of the church is important, I think, for three reasons. Number one, a church covenant is theological. We, a couple weeks ago, spent a time in how God always relates to his people in a covenant, and we are rightly related to God right now in what he calls the new covenants. And because we belong to God in this covenant relationship, that demands that we now have a horizontal covenantal relationship. So we talked through that, and if you want to go back and listen on our website to two weeks ago, we talked about that theological aspect of a covenant. And all throughout the Bible, covenant relationships are there. Number two, covenants are historical. We're not the only church or the first church that's ever done a covenant. You can go back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and look at the history of the church, and churches throughout the history, its history, have done covenants. Then number three, it's not just theological, historical, but it's also practical. Our mutual confession that Jesus is who he says he is means that we have this conscious, we're aware of our special standing in fellowship with each other. We have a shared commitment to follow Jesus together. And so our church constituting covenant, our covenant is a mutual agreement to walk together as the people of God. Let me say that one more time. Why is it practical? Because it's a mutual agreement to, as a people together to walk as the people of God. And so we ask our partners to sign this church covenant because it's theological, it's historical, and it is practical. And we also believe that this signing of the covenant is you partnering and belonging to a church. Belonging to the church, I have this on the slide, not merely an institution. Lots of people say, I belong to a church. Okay, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. We're not just signing up to be a part of an institution. We're belonging to a people who follow King Jesus. And so belonging to a church demands a covenantal life together. And so there's two common misconceptions regarding the church we want to highlight again and again and again. And you've been at Redemption, this is like you getting waxed beside the head every week with this. You know why? Because it never gets out of our head. And number one, a common misconception about the church that we have is this understanding that I, that I as an individual, get to join a church. We swim in a culture of individualism where everything we see, watch, and hear tells us that our lives are all about who? Me, myself, and I. How many times do you hear, in essence, this phrase? Do what makes you happy. Only hang out with the people who what? Make you better. Don't get those negative people around you who pull you down. Just find the people who love you and build you up and make you feel good. 
your time, your money, your resources, your relationships. We swim in a culture of individualism. And just like a fish who does not even know what water is because he swims in it all day, every day, we are fish who swim in a culture of individualism and we don't even know what it is because it is just as prevalent as water is to fish. And this individualism that we swim in produces what I want to call a voluntaristic notion, this, this notion that you get to volunteer yourself and join and serve a church. Like you're going up and above and out of your way to volunteer your life and your time. And in one sense, it is true, we volunteer. But I want us to stop and think in another sense. We are not volunteers. We're not people who go above and beyond our normal work and play life to serve the church. We're not volunteers. We are, as Nate has mentioned today, servants who are joyfully bound to God and one another through our new covenant relationship, which demands that we don't volunteer, that our life is one of service. We're not volunteering to get a certificate of appreciation. You're volunteering because you're a Christian. You serve one another because that's what it means to be a Christian. To not view your life as a servant is to not in any way identify with the life of Jesus. Let me repeat that because I want you to catch this. To not view your life as a servant is to not in any way identify with the life of Jesus. Jesus came not to be served. Jesus did not come to make a name for himself. Jesus did not have a life to build his own comforts. To identify with Jesus means that you are going to give up your life for the sake of others. And that's what it means to be the church. And so if your life is not marked by service, your life is not marked by Jesus and his life. So one misconception is that we join a church and we volunteer our life when in reality, that's just what it means to be a Christian. Number two, a second misconception that we have, and these are often subconscious. You would never hear someone say this out loud usually. But a subconscious reality is not only do we swim in a culture of individualism, but we swim in a culture of consumerism. And that church partnership is not viewed as a covenant, but it's actually viewed as a contract. I did talk about this two weeks ago in my sermon, but I'm going to speak to a different aspect of it. This consumerism that we live in produces a contractual relationship between the Christian and the church. It says, I will attend your church if you provide these services. Have you thought about that before? Is it wrong to go to a church that has things that you like? No, it's not wrong. But what I am saying is if you only go to a church to get things out of it, that is the misconception. And it's a great concern. I have this uh, on a slide. It's a quote that I found very interesting. It's a great concern. Um, can you skip ahead? Just uh, Yeah, right, there we go. Thanks. That to many, and a grief to some, to think that we were once churches among us are ceasing to be such. And instead of becoming churches, we're becoming nothing but religious groups loosely organized around family, comfort, spiritual culture, or human action. We're not being churches anymore. What we're being is a social club, in a sense, of people organized around family, comfort, spiritual things. And I think this is a danger, 
because it threatens the church, which if the church becomes separated or severed from a doctrine, a understanding of who Jesus is and how he regenerates our lives together for his mission, we would easily fall into a group of just of a mere Christian club. And so listen to that last sentence. It says at the bottom, the voluntary nature of the membership tends to reduce such churches to contractual obligations. Do you know what you get at Redemption Church for serving Redemption Church? You get Jesus. That's what you get. And that's the best thing you can get. Because when you serve, you're identifying with Jesus and you see how much he has served you. And your reward is Jesus. It's not a contract where we're getting benefits. What we get is Jesus. And I think that is so important for us to hear. And so we're not a social club. We're not a social arrangement. We're a group of people who want to have healthy families, who want to have a good time together, who want to enjoy being in fellowship and having, as Eric mentioned, intimacy with each other. But there's something that unites us beyond all of that. And that is people who follow Jesus into where Jesus is going. And so I want to just, as we kind of, you know, begin this Covenant Sunday celebration, just remind us of why we're doing this. That we're signing a church covenant to serve one another because we belong to Jesus and we belong to each other. And we're going to give our lives to be marked by Jesus, to serve each other so that we can get Jesus. And so I hope that's helpful as we, you know, begin to understand why we're talking about our church covenant. And Nate's going to talk a little bit more about why we should, what are some benefits of the church covenant. Yeah, we, we don't just want to... We don't just want you to hear that and then say, okay, well, I need to figure out what does this mean for me. We want to actually walk through now, like, what does this mean for you? What does it actually mean for you that you would say, I want to be a covenant partner here at Redemption? Well, first off, for those who are covenant partners, we believe that this really creates a sense of community amongst our partners, that you are choosing to say, I'm going to be part of something infinitely bigger than myself. So there's a real sense of community that is created, that you are jumping into something so much bigger. And it's got already hit. This is a major issue in our day that people crave and fight to keep their autonomy. Crave and fight to have any sense of obligation or belonging to something that might call them into something hard. We often even sinfully crave that, that I just want to create distance. I don't want to be asked to do something that might be hard. But the beauty of our covenant isn't that it's calling us into something hard. There will be hard things about being a family together, but we are called into something so much bigger than ourselves. Even over this last weekend, we taught our foundations class, and we walked with six different people who are interested in partnering with us at Redemption. We walked through the story of God that we are brought into. The story of God is not just the story of the Bible, but it is the work, it is the movement of what our God is doing in the world, and he calls us into that. A second reason why uh, we believe we should covenant together is that it expresses the assumption of the equality of the brotherhood and sisterhood amongst church members. In our covenant church, we are all equal. Scott and I sign the same covenant. 
young teenagers who want to join our church will sign the same covenant as our elderly saints will sign. This covenant is calling all of us to an equal life together. Also, it provides a strength, a, a source of strength for us as a church, and it's got already hit by all of us choosing to sign a covenant together. It pushes out the potential for nominal participation. Our covenant calls us into a common life together, and we are going to all be gifted differently. We will all have different capacity of how we can or cannot participate, but we're all coming in on that same level playing field. Our covenant is going to be a consistent reminder for us of this is what our life together is about. That's why we do it every September. This is our second year now in a, in a row of doing this, of coming together and saying, why are we doing this all again? Oh, yeah. Let's go through our covenant. Let's be reminded of the covenant that Jesus has made with us and now of what we make to each other. Also, this is also something that Scott mentioned. The New Testament church is pretty clear that it makes a distinction of who is in and who is out. Who's actually part of the church community and who is not part of the church community. And one of the most important reasons for this, and some I've heard some Theologians argue that the most important reason to be part of a church and to sign their covenant and be a partner is for the sake of church discipline. And you might be thinking, why in the world would you do that? Well, first off, most people don't understand church discipline. Church discipline is when the leaders and the people of the church go after people who are walking away from the faith. When men and women choose to say, I'm going to live outside of the life of Jesus. Church discipline is the pursuit of those people. It's not excommunicating them. It's not writing them off. Sometimes we do excommunicate people who intentionally say, I am done with this life. We say, okay, well, if you want to go live life with Satan, if you want to go live a life outside of the family of God, then we will hand you over to do that. But church discipline is the pursuit Church discipline is you saying, I want to come under this church covenant, and I want the leaders, I want my missional community, I want you to come after me if I go off the rails. Church, when you sign our covenant, you're signing up for that. That me and Scott now, as your shepherds, are not going to let you walk away without a fight. And if you've been part of our church for a while, you've seen this happen. You've seen this happen as couples walk through affairs. You've seen this happen as people live in unrepentant sin that impacts the community. We go after those people. We don't let them silently disappear in the night. So church, by being part of our covenant, by signing our covenant and being a partner with us here, you're saying, I want that. I think that was it. ended on a high one. I like that, man. Now everyone's scared. No, but I would say like, I'm signing the church covenant because if I begin to follow outside the ways of Jesus, I want you to come after me. Like, I, like as your pastor, I would much rather lose my pastoring job and enter into the kingdom of God than remain a pastor and be outside the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So like, this is like a, this is like a, even a personal thing for like me and Nate as well. So um, you have in your handout there, if you um, got one and there'll be more available uh, in the back, 
Um, the first two pages just kind of explain the partnership process and what a partnership means. Um, but the, the third page, the cardstock page, the thicker page, is actually our church covenants. Um, and we just kind of want to walk through that together uh, to let you know um, what is on there, uh, what are the expectations uh, that we have. And as Nate said, we do this yearly to be reminded every year of who we are, what God is doing in the world, and how we live our life together for the next year. And on this covenant, um, there's not, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of church covenants in the past and I found one the other, like recently, where it actually had a leadership covenant to the ch- people. And I thought that was really interesting. It wasn't just the church members or partners who signed it, or just responsibilities of the partners to each other and to the pastors. But I think it's interesting, and it's, I think it's helpful and healthy, that as your leaders, we're making a covenant to you. And in that covenant, we are entrusted as scripture tells, as shepherds, to be leading, feeding, teaching, protecting, and caring for God's people, for God's mission. As such, all of our elders' covenants with God, the other elders, and with the church, these following things. And I'm not going to necessarily read through all of these. You can kind of look through there. But as I would summarize some of these things, is that we are covenanting, Nate and I, and Lord willing, maybe in this next year we'll be bringing on some more elders to our team or in the future as well, but they'll be signing this church covenant to, to the best of our ability, faithfully lead, protect, care, and send you to Jesus. This is not about us. It's not about building a big church. It's not about the fame of redemption church. This is us constantly leading you to see how much better Jesus is than everything else we look to. Our preaching will be all about Jesus. Our counseling will be sending you to Jesus. Our caring for you will be showing you how wonderful the love of Jesus is. When and if we have to discipline you, it's so that Jesus may break into your life and you may get Jesus. And we are committed to that. That the center of this church is not me, it's not Nate, it's not the preaching, it's not missional communities. The center of this church is Jesus. And we are committing and covenanting with you that we will do our best to fulfill and uphold the qualifications that are required for elders and pastors and to faithfully exercise the responsibility that God has entrusted to us to give you Jesus. And so that's our covenant to you. Nate's going to speak to the partner's covenant with each other. Yep, so if you look at that next section underneath that partner's covenant with Redemption Church, that opening phrase says, as God's redeemed children who are saved by free grace through faith in Jesus alone, we strive to live by the Spirit as a family of servant missionaries. Pause real quick. If you remember, just a couple minutes ago when I was talking about our announcements, I reminded you that these are our identities as a church. That as the people of God, as a family of servant missionaries, this is what it means to be a partner together. This is the identities that we take on. And so then now, what is our covenant to each other? Look at the next section. That we will gather, that we will go, we will give, and we will grow. If you've been around redemption for a while, you've heard this. These are what we call our four shaping rhythms as a church. 
And again, these aren't just cute little catchphrases. Oh, four Gs, gather, go, give, grow. No, if you think about it, this is where our discipleship happens together, that we will gather, that we will come together on Sunday mornings, but not just Sunday mornings. We will gather in the life of missional communities, that we will gather in each other's homes, that we will gather around the world, the word, that we will gather to be sent out. So gathering is one of the primary ways that we live out our covenant together. But we don't just gather, we go. We are a church that deeply believes that every man, woman, and child who is a follower of Jesus is a missionary, is a witness, is a sent one. So we also, as a church, are sent out into all of our spheres of life. We don't believe that here at Redemption Church, Nate and Scott are the ministers of the gospel and you pay us to do ministry. No, we equip you to go do the work of ministry and we ourselves do the work of ministry, but we equip the many to be sent out. So we believe that each man, woman, child here is a minister of the gospel. So we are sent out praying that Jesus would send us into places of darkness to bring his good news, to bring his kingdom. So we gather, we go, but we also give. One of the primary ways that Scott already alluded to this is that we serve each other and you get Jesus. We serve each other through our love. We give. Money is important, but not just of our money. We give of our time. When you sit with someone who is wrestling with an issue, when you sit with someone who is struggling and you are patient with them, you are giving them your time. Time often is much more valuable than money in our day. So we give of our money, we give of our time, but we give of our talents. We deeply believe that every follower of Jesus is given gifts, that the Spirit has gifted us all in very unique ways. But do you know how you're gifted? Do you know how you specifically are called to serve? Often we think the gifts of the church are for Sunday morning. Oh, I serve in music, or I serve in speaking, or I serve in kids, or uh-oh, I don't like any of those. I don't know how I'm supposed to serve. Church, we believe that our gifts are for Monday through Saturday as well. But often you don't know how you're gifted unless you're living life with people and they are seeing what you like, what you don't like. They're seeing the ways the Spirit has given you grace to love and serve the family. And then they can say to you, you know what? You're really good at this. I think the Spirit's gifted you in this way. Yesterday when I was with our foundations class, I went off on this long tangent bragging about someone in my missional community who I won't name because I'll also probably be murdered by them too, but they are so gifted with organization and systems and administration that our missional community that I'm part of has gotten really big. Do you think I'm going to remember when everybody's birthday is? Do you think I'm going to remember when all of our calendar events are? Do you think I'm going to remember how and when everything is supposed to happen? No, this person in our missional community whose name is Lauren, is incredibly <laughs> gifted by the Spirit with organization, with structure, with systems. That is a gift that she has begun to use, and now she's flourishing in that gift. So church, how are you gifted? You're going to figure out how you're gifted when you're with the people of Jesus, and you will give of your talents. Lastly, though, we will grow. One of the primary ways that we are discipled is through our growth. And yes, growth happens through studying the Bible together. Yes, growth happens through coming and not just listening to preaching, but even taking notes, listening to sermons. These are all ways we grow. But do you know how we also really grow? Because the New Testament doesn't really talk about, a lot about Bible studies. Those are important. But the way we grow 
is learning to speak the good news of Jesus to each other and to receive that good news of Jesus to each other. For those wrestling with anxiety or depression or fears or marriage problems or problems related to sexual brokenness or any number of sin issues in our life, how does the good news of Jesus speak into that? Church, this is how we grow together. When we learn how to receive the good news, the gospel of Jesus, being reminded of his life and story in all of life. So, last part of the covenant is that we commit to gather, go, give, and grow together. And as we close our this time, <clears throat> when I look at that list, it kind of freaks me out. Um, but at the same time, when we sign this covenant, this is this is what we're that's that's where we're pushing. It doesn't mean your life has to match that. You're like, I can't do all those things. I'm like, no one can. <laughs> But is that what you want your life to be? Is that where we're headed? Is that what we're seeking? And so we have this little statement. It's although imperfectly to uphold these promises. Like, we're all going to fail these promises. That's not the issue. The issue is, are we seeking? Do we desire to have a life together around Jesus? We simply say this. To be a covenant partner redemption church is to live your life with God's people for people who don't know Jesus. That's as simple as it gets. And that's what we're excited for this upcoming year is that in our new covenant partnership, we'll live our life with each other for the people who don't know Jesus. And so we're excited um, about this new year. We really are. Um, yeah, we could tell story. I could tell story after story in the last two months of how God, specifically through the Spirit, has changed people and is doing things that is beyond anything I could tell, even say. Like it is truly God doing things. And I'm just excited um, and thankful for Redemption Church, for you, for your commitment to God, to each other, um, and praying that this year that God will continue to grow us in our trust and commitment to Jesus and to see people who don't know Jesus come to know him. Thank you for listening to the Redemption Church podcast. To learn more about our kingdom ministry located in Chesapeake, Virginia, visit weareredemption.org.